Hello, everybody. Today is May 19th, and welcome to a, another episode of Pirkei Avot. Today will be the last Mishnah in Chapter 5 that we'll be working on, as next week again, we're moving into the sixth chapter for the sixth week of the Omer. The Mishnah I chose today is one of my favorites. Uh, it's uh, maybe a little bit long on the recording side. We'll see how it comes out, but it's such a beautiful, packed Mishnah. Uh, so here we go. It's Mishnah Kaf Bet, the 22nd Mishnah in Perik Hey, 5th chapter of Birke Avot. Ben Bag Bag Omer, Hafochba Vahafochba de Kulaba, Uba Tehaze, Vesiv Ubleba, Umina Lotazwa, Shencha, Shen Lecha Mida Tova Hemena, Ben Hehe Omer, Lefum Sara Agra. So first, obviously, the Mishnah is not in Hebrew; it's in Aramaic. So we're going to translate. Ben Bagbag says, "Turn it over and turn it over, for everything is inside of it, and in it you shall seek, seek. I need to look for the to see, receive. You should sit ubeleba become old in it. Umina lo do not leave it for any reason." There is nothing better than it. Obviously, the it he's referring to here is the Torah. Ben Hehe Omer, Lefum Tsaara Agra. Ben Hehe says, based on your effort is your reward. End of Mishnah. So, first, who is this Ben Bagbag? Who is Ben Hehe? Very strange, odd names, not names that we've seen very often. As a matter of fact, they don't appear anybody anywhere else. So uh, the Mishnah, it's a Gemara, actually, I'm sorry, in Masichet Kiddushin, tells us that Ben Bagbag's name really, his name, his name was Yohanan. His name is Rabbi Yohanan Ben Bagbag. And why is he called Ben Bagbag? So there's a few places where they mention it. There's a Tosefta, there is a Midrash Rabbah, there's a couple of places that talk about Ben Bagbag and Ben Hehe. And they say that they were the first of the Geret Tzedek. Okay, so and again, obviously, I mean, we're talking about much later generations where there were Gedet Tzedek before, we had Ruth and others along the way, but they were um, the first that made it onto the Ancheknes Dagdola. They made it all the way up into, you know, the upper echelons of, of Am Yisrael. Um, ben Babak Ben Hehe, remember again, we're talking about uh, Av Beddin and Rosh Shanidrin, so we're talking about major, 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 major rabbis. Um, ben Bagbag. And Ben Hehe were Gerim, and why they chose their name. A Ger chooses his name, right? A convert decides what to call themselves. Most of them, most of them will like to call themselves Avraham if it's a boy, or Sarah if it's a girl. And uh, because again, those were the first technically Jews, so they, you know, they tried to pick that name or something related to that type of a name. And uh, they didn't, uh, they didn't do anything different. Ben Bag Bag, the numerical value of the letter Bag Bet which is two, and Gimel, which is three, is five, right? Which is the letter He. And Ben Hehe, is, he's talking about He's. Why He? Because when Avraham converted, his name used to be Avram. They changed, he changed, Hashem changed his name to Avraham. When Sarai was converted, the Yud and Sarai turned into a He, Sarah. 
And therefore, Ben Hehe, Ben Bagbag, is a reference back to Sarah, to Avraham, to Hayes, right? Hey for Avraham, Hey for Sarah, Bag, Bag, Hey, Hey, right? The, the, or the, 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 and therefore, yes, they, they are uh, considered Gerim, and we are, we are, um, they are choosing the name that most Gerim would choose. They just use it in a different manner because they became such Gdolim, and uh, again, you know, they needed to uh, to be involved with uh, the governments and others, and therefore, they chose to, to, um, still respect the idea of choosing the the name Abraham Sarah, but not to make it as blatant, so it's a little bit hidden. Okay. And what does Ben Bagbag say? Hafochba vehafochba de kula ba. Manan Masechet Eruvin says that um, that it was possible. Doresh al tahor umar elopanim tahor umar elopanim. Right, that uh, it was possible to be doresh on something uh, and say that the item is impure, and again to Im- and to pr- bring proofs for it, and to again do the same and say that it's ta- to that's uh, impure and to bring proofs for it. Now, obviously, they're contradictory, right? It, it, it's either the tahor or it's tameh, right? And therefore, the Gemara Yerushalmi says um, that Moshe Rabenu, right, said to Hashem. Right, I want to know, Tashem, tell me what's the halacha because I, I see that you know you could be doresh, you know, forty nine uh, ways to say taor and forty nine ways to say tameh, and what's the halacha? And Hashem says, well, ze ze divrei elim hayim, they're both correct. So how do we posek halacha? So Hashem says, if the majority of the of the rabbis say tahor, then the rule is tahor, and if the majority of the rabbis say tameh, then the halacha would be tameh, which you see that it's potentially possible for the halakha to change based on the generation uh, of what the rabbis are holding like and what the rabbis are saying and how they're explaining things. Um, and that was that was true for a very, very, very long time um, until we were, you started to have Yeridata Dorot and Maran came along, Allah, Maran Yosef Karoch, Shuchan Aruch, and codified us, uh, you know, the halachot that we accepted. Once we've accepted that as the ruling, so we don't have a, the right anymore to undo um, you know what Maran uh, was posek, but up till up till up until that time, yeah, uh, Panim, if you could prove it, and the majority of the rabbis in the town of whatever it was that decided that that would be the halacha, that would be the halacha. So he says, Kulaba, right? Everything is in it. Hafochba vehafochba. Turn it up this way. Turn it that way. Whatever you're searching for, the answer can be found in the Torah. By the way, this is the. Uh, source I guess, for the idea that was behind the uh, the Bible codes, where they started to think, well, maybe what he means over here literally is really turn the turn it this way, turn it that way, take the Torah, real re, you know, line up the letters in certain patterns, and uh, and try to figure out because the Gemara actually says there is nothing that is not hinted to in the Torah. Um, and that, that's what, you know, when the computer age started out and they were able to do all these kinds of searches and all these kinds of things, and if anybody ever watched or, you know, followed up on those type of things, that uh, they're, they're, some of them are just, you know, they're not coincidence. Let's put it that way. It's not, there's no way. It's all only Torah Mishamayim that only Hashem could do these kind of things. But the Kulaba takes on a new meaning when you start to think about it in that way of turn the letters this way, turn the letters that way, right? And start to look through for patterns of. Of you know of equidistant skipping letters, hakol <coughs> hakol sham. Everything is in there. There is no question. Everything is in the Torah. 
The Torah was given, was written by Hashem before Matan, before the creation of the world. So, of course, it's the history of the world, it's the ruling of the world, it's the manual for the world, it's everything that we have. Hakolba. When we say kolba, we mean everything. Everything is in there. So uh, they give an example of uh, a uh, you know one of these philosophers was trying to uh, figure out. He says, "Let me. I, I want to know how long does it take for a snake to procreate to have a child." So he did an experiment. He brought a male snake and a female snake, and he had them, uh, you know, have relations. And then he put them, uh, put the snake in a box, and he waited and he waited and waited. It took seven years. So he said, "Okay, so it takes seven years for a snake to uh, to give birth." They came to the rabbi. They said, uh, "Do you know how long it takes a snake to give birth?" He says, "Of course, seven years." <laughs> he said, "What do you mean? How do you know?" He says, "Pasuk of the Torah." He says, "What do you mean, pasuk of the Torah?" He says, "Pasuk says when Hashem cursed the snake." Arur ata mikola behema umikol hayata sadeh. Says you are more cursed than all the animals and all right, both uh, domesticated and non-domesticated animals. You are the most cursed. Okay, and therefore what? Well, says the rabbi, a, a dog, which is a hayatemea, it's an unkosher, right, wild animal. It's tamed. It's tamed, but it's whatever considered a haya, right? Molid lahamishim yom. It takes fifty days for the. For the, uh, the the dog to uh, to uh, to gestation period, okay, and the behematimea, an unkosher animal, right, gives birth every twelve months. So like a horse or a donkey, one of those type of things. Twelve months. How is that? It's seven times longer than the dog. The dog is fifty days, and the behematimea is a twelve months. Seven times fifty. 350, so we're talking about lunar lunar cycle, 354, whatever, give or take a couple of days, 12, seven times more. And if you're telling me that the snake is the most cursed, so seven times the 12 months is seven years, and therefore pasuk, and the, <laughs> this philosopher starts banging his head on the, against, against the wall, says, I'm watching this thing for seven years to figure out how long it takes, and the answer was in the Torah from the beginning. And if Shemuel in the uh, Masechet Berachot, Shmuel says, right, that the Nehirin Lishvilei Rakiyah right, that the the uh, the constellations in the sky are as clear to me. Um, he's a Baki. I can understand things. I know exactly what's happening, like the roads of my town of Naharda. I says, okay, how does Shmuel know? I says, well, did he go up into the to Rakiyah? He, he, he was, uh, you know, Apollo uh, flying through the moon in the Apollo space station. How does he know? And says the Mara says, what? Just because he was Yagea Amal Torah, everything is in the Torah. Anything that you want to know, uh, science, mathematics, everything is there. You just need to know how to look for it. You need to know where to look and how to understand what the Torah is saying. There is nothing that is not hinted to somewhere in the Torah. And Ben Bagba says, Uba Tehazeh. Right, you should look into the Torah. So the pasuk in Mishlei that says "ubate uh, meaning what? We can understand that also that I can see it. I use the Torah to see, and to see what? To see everything, to see the world around me, to see everything. The pasuk by uh, in Mishlei kiner mitzvah v'torah or. So there's a Gemara that, uh, that brings this Pasuk uh, in Masechet Sotah. We just finished it for those Mabruk who made a Siyum. But the Gemara says like this. Ma or Meir La'olam, right? Light is used to light up the world. So Torah also, Av Torah, Megina La'olam, it's, it's, it's the protection for the world. Mashal Adam Shaya Mahalech Baderech Bishon Laila. 
Mashal of a person that was walking on the road at night, okay, and there's darkness, and he's afraid. He's afraid from things he can trip over. There's there's thorns, right? There's uh, there's what do you call it? There's little ditches in the ground. There's wild animals. There's robbers. It's nighttime, right? It's a problem, especially in those days to travel at night on the road. Now nowadays, unfortunately, also where we are. Anyway, that's a conversation for another day. All of a sudden, he has a, he has a torch with him, let's say now, right? So, okay, great. Now he can see around him. So he's saved from tripping over the rocks and falling into the little ditches or in the cave or whatever it is, right? But he's still afraid from wild animals, right? That might come attack him. Now, once the sun comes up, now he's saved even from the wild animals and from the robbers because they're not running and come attack him. Okay, but nevertheless, he still doesn't know if he's on the right road or not. Right? He got he's lost on the road. Doesn't know. When he comes to you know the crossroads where there's a sign that tells you you know you this way, so now he's saved from all of them. My parashat What's this crossroads? It says that is Talmud Torah. Tamid Chacham, who knows how to learn Torah, is the that is the crossroads for him. And he knows which he's on the right path, and he doesn't follow it. And therefore, the Torah is 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 kulaba. It's tehazeh. He uses the Torah to see life, to see how we should behave, to see what is going to happen in the future if I don't do what I'm supposed to do. And he continued to say, "Vesiv sit ubaliba, become old in your Torah." So Rabbi Hanan says, right, that olam adam Torah a person should never stop learning even at the time of death. This is the Torah. Adam ki amut Even if the person is in in the oil of his death, he has to be learning the Torah. The Torah gives chokhmah. The Torah opens your mind. It purifies your thoughts. It purifies your actions. And therefore he says, Umina lo tazia, you can't turn away for even for a second. En there is nothing greater in this world than learning Torah. Number one, right? He said, uh, No matter what mitzvah, you're going to tell me, blah, blah, blah. Uh, of course, only learning and learning and learning without actions uh, is not what we're talking about. The purpose is to bring you towards actions. So we learn, right? We, we, we do, Lomed, Asot. And to teach, obviously, as well. Once you get to that point where you have the you have the enough knowledge that you teach, you have to teach Torah. If you have to, if you can, you must. Someone who's learning psukim in the Torah, great, it's nice. It's midah, the greatest. It's okay. If you're learning mishnayot, midah, Right, that's good, good attribute, and you get rewarded. If you're learning gemara betalmud, en that is the highest level. Says Rashi, why? Because when you're learning Torah, when you're learning Gemara, so you, you, it causes you to understand. All the questions that are in the Gemara that we're trying to show contradictions between Mishnayot, between statements, to be able to resolve contradictions and come out with a halakha, that's brain training your brain to understand the way that the Torah works, the way that life works, the way that the world works. So the enlecha, that's there's, there's nothing better than that. That's going to put you on the path that is the crossroads that will lead you to where you need to go to. David HaMelech says in Tehilim, Sas anuchi al imratecha alal rav. Right? I'm so happy with your with your statements. Like I found a tremendous treasure. Right? So they bring a you know Kamashal, a guy that's lost in the desert, and he's traveling, and uh, he finds upon this giant mountain of pearls. 
and he's lost though he doesn't know where he is he's, he's lost in the desert trying to get back to, to civilization he doesn't want to die in the desert but you know he says wow he grabs some pearls stuffs them in his pockets and he keeps going and he and he travels and he travels and finally he gets himself out of the desert and uh, he gets to you know to civilization and he runs to the store he sells he yeah, became Ashir Gadol and he's very happy very 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 he's very uh, full he got to, you know he's got a lot of money now he's comfortable and he starts to cry he start to cry. Why is he crying for? Well, he's crying because he doesn't know how to get back to the mountain. <laughs> he's gone. He got what he's got. Whatever he got, he has, and that's it. There's nothing left, right? So, Sas Anuchi as, as happy I am, Kemotza Isha Lalarav, I found this treasure, but if I, you know, if I, I can't go back to it, so I have to grab as much as I can. And, you know, obviously, the Nimshal, I'm in this world, okay? And I can only grab what I can grab because once I get there and I sell what I got, it's over. That's it. It is what I got. And therefore, I have to try to get as much as I can in this. Don't leave the Torah for a minute. And the, it says, Ben lefum tsara agra. Right? According to the amount of effort, that is how you will get your reward. Marantz Kiddushin says, Right? Gadola mitzuveve ose. Right? Someone who's commanded to do a mitzvah gets a greater reward than someone who's not commanded to do the mitzvah. Uh, Tosafot over there, they explain why. They say, the reason is because a person who's commanded to do something is he's mitzta'ir, yotir, right? He worried, he's worried to transgress. And therefore he's very meticulous, he's very careful. If you know, you know, nothing good. If no one's looking over my shoulder, okay, so whatever, you know, I can uh, I get away with it sometimes without. But if you know the boss is watching you every second, then you're commanded to do X. So you're going to be extremely careful. And therefore you get a greater reward for being meticulous about doing it. All right, the, the, the uh, pasuk... Actually, it's a Gemara first in Masechet Megillah that talks about Im Yom Alecha Adam Yagati Umatzati Ha'amen Lo Yagati Velo Matzati Al Ta'amen. Right? Somebody tells you, I put in an effort, I found the answer. I put in an effort and I succeeded. Uh, you could believe them, but if they tell you, I it happened on its own. I didn't put any effort and I understood everything. Al Ta'amen. Don't believe. Don't believe them. Says the Maharsha on that Gemara something very beautiful. He says the pasuk from uh, from Halil. We said it this morning. Right? Believe me, I'm speaking. I went and I, I put in a lot of effort. If a person tells you he went and he was Hosea and he was Hosea and he went over the sugya many times, until he found it, he understands it, believe him. But if he tells you, right? If, I, if he tells you, right? Oh no, one second, I just read it, I understood everything. There's a liar. There's no such thing. The more effort you put in, the more understanding you're going to have. Hashem looks at your effort. He says sometimes, when that tells us that Moshe, when Hashem was teaching Moshe, right, and he kept going over and teaching the Torah to Moshe, and he couldn't get it, he couldn't get it, he couldn't get it, but Hashem, Moshe had such desire. At the end, Hashem gave it to him as a gift. I can tell you, Emet, the same happens to so many people. You can ask a lot of teachers, you can ask a lot of rabbis, they go over things and over things and over things and have no clue. And, I, and sometimes I come to Shi'ur and I read it and I read it five times and six times and I don't understand it, I don't know and I just start teaching and Hashem puts the words in my mouth all of a sudden the light bulb lights up and it's not me, it's not anybody I can tell you it's not a lot of times just sitting and showing Hashem that you want it is how you get it it's lefum tzara you feel, Hashem, I want to teach this I please Hashem, please help me to understand it so I can teach it and all of a sudden, boom Havana, it's amazing. Try it. 
believe me, it's magic. Okay, it's not. It's it's a gift that Hashem gives to those that are really into to to sharing the Torah, to limuda Torah, to 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 be Torah. It's just, I don't want it to get personal, but whatever. Enough said. I'll tell you a story about Lefum uh, Sara Agra, and we'll wrap it up. I know it's getting long, but I told you it's one of my favorite Mishnah. You'll have to forgive me. Okay, so. Maase of a a a actually maybe two stories because why not wrap it up for the good story. There was this uh, this uh, a, a merchant who was traveling on the road and uh, he got lost and it started snowing and raining and it's cold and freezing and it's, now it's nighttime and he doesn't know what he's gonna do. He's gonna he can't see anything. The snow is road cut road road covered snow and the road I can't find. He's lost. He's worried he's gonna freeze to death. Gets off the wagon of his merchandise, starts walking, looking for some lights far away. He sees through the bushes uh, some little light twinkling. He gets there, he gets there, he walks, he walks, he walks, he gets there, he's shivering, he's knocking on the door, opens up. The rabbi of the town happened to be, and he was sitting there with a nice big fire. He's got his gemara open, he's learning. He brings him in, of course, he changes, give him dry clothes, give him something to eat, give him this, give him that, blah, blah, blah. And the guy, he starts now to defrost a little bit, and he says to the rabbi, Rabbi, please, you gotta tell me, look how hard I have to work. For my family, just to be able to have food, uh, you know, as I'm, uh, am I going to get to Olam Abba? Just to, you know, ah. and the rabbi starts talking about tipesh, ama aritz. What are you talking about? If you're telling me in this world, which is the corridor to the next world, and you have to work so hard just to make a little bit of money, you think you're going to get to the next world without any work? What are you talking about? Impossible. Okay, there's no free rides. Ain't no free ride, baby. Okay? You want to get there? No problem. You got to pay for the ticket. The only way to pay for the ticket is to learn. Find somebody to learn with. Find the teacher that you like. Find the rabbi that you like. Find the havruta that you like. Pick a topic that you like. Whatever it takes. Find a class online that you like. Do whatever you got to do. But don't come up there uh, to Shamaim and say, yeah, I had to work very hard, so I had no time to learn. That's not what you want to say. Okay, and we'll wrap up with a nice story, funny story. So the Fumsara Agra, and we'll wrap it up with this. Here we go. The king, okay, was a was a king, was a very very uh, knowledgeable hacham. He was known to be someone that could give fantastic advice, not only to regular people but even to other heads of state. And his palace was a place where people would come to ask for questions, and he didn't have the greatest, uh, you know. Uh, palace. It was inherited from his grandfather. Grandfather, okay, you know, the king uh, is passed down through generations. Ah, it wasn't the greatest. His officers tell him, you know, Mr. King, Aib, you're so well known. You're so chacham. You get so many dignitaries. We have to fix this palace. We can't. You can't stay like this. He says, you're right. You know what? Let's bring the architect. Let's bring the builders. Let's bring... Okay. They draw the plans. They did this. They he says, listen, but I can't. I, I, You know, it has to be ready in one year. Maximum one year. Okay? So... Like the deal house, right? I'm going to move out. I'm leaving in the end of August. I want it ready when I come back, okay? It's less than a year, but the deal. But anyway, the king wants it ready in a year, but it's not just a house. He wants a palace, right? Anyway, they, okay, okay, fine. They hire the builders out there. And he says, you know what? I want to make something special for the meeting room that people come in. It has to be the most hashu place, right? Where we're going to get all these dignitaries from all different countries, all different kings. It's got to be fantastic. Off the charts. Bring me the four greatest artists that we have in our kingdom. Okay, and I'm going to give each one one wall to decorate for me. He says, Psh, what a king idea. Bah, they bring the four guys. The king tells them what I want you to do. He says, listen, you guys have one year to finish this room. Everybody take one wall, and everyone's going to go do me whatever you want. Paintings, this, that, whatever you're going to do. I want it. Okay, beautiful. 
right away, three of the four start. They bring in their thoughts, the designs, and the things. They, they start the etching, the you know, the sketching and the paint, mixing the colors, they're bringing the gold and the this, all kinds of stuff. They, and they're working, and they're working. The fourth guy, he comes by once a week, he shoves, looks, he looks, looks nice, okay, he goes, doesn't do anything. Two months, three months, keep going, they're working, they're working. The other guy, every month, the other guy comes, the fourth guy, he shoves, oh, very nice. Here he comes, he sits down, he has a drink, looks great, good work, guys, good work. Can't understand it. Of course, the king is watching this. He's starting to get through. And the guy tells him, don't worry, king. Don't worry. Don't worry. I know what I'm doing. King's getting crazy. The people, other guys are getting crazy. Sure enough, comes two days before the end of the 12 months. And the guy shows up to work. And the other guys are almost done. They're fantastic. It looks gorgeous. He shows up to work two days before. What does he do? He starts priming the wall. And he puts there a very, very shiny coat. Polishes it, polishes it, polishes it, polishes it. Finally, he finishes after one day. It's done. It's a mirror. A mirror which is projecting all the other pictures in the room. And you look at this picture, this mirror. It's fantastic. It's amazing. You could, you, it's not just one wall. All three walls are inside this wall. Wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, gorgeous. They couldn't believe it. They said, what a genius. Oh my gosh, what he does. They took, he made the room look something off the charts. You walk in there, everybody's going to look at one wall. They look at the other wall. They look at his wall. Whoa. Okay, very nice. Comes time to pay. Okay. So the king now is very happy with his room. He decides he's going to give a little bonus to all the workers that work so hard. So he puts now the money, takes a nice big sack fills them with gold coins, much more than they were told they were going to get. And he gives the money to each of the three guys that work, but he says on one condition first. I need you to go take this bag and hang it on the wall that you did. Okay. So they go take the money, they hang it on the wall, and the fourth guy comes to get his money. The king takes him into the room. He says, uh, the guy says, okay, but where's my money? He says, what do you mean? Look at the wall. Don't you see? You have three times the money that everybody else has. Look in the mirror. Ah. You want you want reward? You got to work for it. Until you did nothing. You didn't work, you don't get no reward until then. Okay, we understand what's going on. Have a beautiful weekend. And uh, sorry about the length of this one. Shabbat Shalom.